Chicago. What do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to 2000 bucks. We have a full panel today. Ryan Herrera here for a couple more days before opening day. Corey Friedman and Cody Del Mendo are both in the house. I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. Uh, the countdown is on. We're almost making it to opening day, a day we thought we may never get to this season. But it is almost here. In fact, the Iowa Cubs had their opener for the season today. It didn't go very well for the Cubs' top prospect, Brendan Davis. How many strikeouts? I think three. Three, three. strikeouts in this It's all right. It's one game. It's one game. Are you there sure, are you sure no it's not time to, to sound the alarms? No, we don't need to s- – <laughs> no alarms yet. Um, but we're going to talk about a lot of different stuff in this podcast as we get ready for the season. Uh, there's a lot of different directions really things can go. And we're going to start with what I thought was a really feel-good story yesterday, and that was at the end of the game you saw Ethan Roberts on marquee find out that he made the team. You know, it's one of those players that we talked about being maybe on the fringe of making this roster, and it's a guy who's, you know, still 27. I know, uh, Cody, you've been big on him right from the beginning, and you're you're excited that he's on this roster. But it was it was great to see that moment for somebody and how excited he was wiping away some of the tears a little bit on live television, finding out that, you know, he was going to be on an opening day roster, which is no small accomplishment, uh, no matter how great of an athlete you are. Uh, that's, that's exciting to watch. So I think that was, for all the negativity that came with the offseason from so many different reasons around baseball, I thought that was really cool to see as we get close to opening day. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... What we saw from Ethan Roberts yesterday, like after he was told, it's like one of the reasons why baseball is one of my favorite sports. Like it's not only is it, in my opinion, the hardest sport to play, but like no ma- despite the fact that there's so many players that can get to the show, as they call it, like it still is incredibly hard to get there. So, you know, he's earned it, though. Like he pitched well in AAA last year and pitched well this spring, whether you counted that or not. But he's one of the guys – on the farm this year that I was for certain we were going to see at some point, if not on opening day. So the fact that he made the opening day roster is awesome. And it changes, in my opinion, it it changes the look of the bullpen after losing Cody Hoyer. I think he's going to be thrown right into like a high leverage spot. I think he's got that kind of stuff or if not right away before at some point throughout April, he will get that opportunity. Maybe, maybe they'll ease him in some low leverage spots and then, and then, you know, to get his feet wet. But I mean, he's got all the talent in the world to be a back end of the bullpen type guy. Yeah. I mean, all the beat writers down in Mesa got to talk to him uh, after, uh, you know, after that, you know, he was told that he was making the opening day roster. I think one of the coolest things that came out of that, um, that I saw pretty much, they all kind of focused on it, but was that, um, that sign in, in his hometown, I can't Sparta into the town of Sparta, Tennessee, something like that. Um, and that the sign had like a this is the home of Lester Flat, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and that he said like, oh, dad, like when he was 12 years old, like that's going to say home of Ethan Roberts someday. Like that's that's very cool just to have that confidence um, and obviously to work your way up. And he was drafted in 2018. So it's like he had a few months in 2018 in rookie league. Then you had 2019. Then you lost all 2020 and then 2021. So like now it's that's really like two and a half years to kind of build your way up, especially as a fourth round pick. And you know he makes opening day roster. Um, yeah, you know, he just year, looks it's, like it's, he's he just looks like a like a elite reliever with like the glasses and all that. Like I'm already ready for like all of the 
the like the how he brands himself if he actually becomes like one of the like an elite reliever in, in the game. Like he with we've seen it all the time with the relievers and stuff with whether it's glasses or hair or whatever it is. I feel like it's they they always have that that thing that makes them stick out. So yeah. well, we had um, to get uh Jordan Wicks up too at some point. Then the Cubs would have three pitchers with those sport goggles or whatever. The mm, the Cubs yeah. could have a real nice merch sale with those. Did, did Kenny Powers wear glasses? The great Kenny Powers. Does anybody know? No, I don't believe he, he, he ever just had did a elite cape, hair. A cape, a cape <laughs> occasionally, elite hair, and lots of jet skis. The MLB should look also into stuff like elite. that. Like yeah. Kyle Hendricks should be able to come out in like a cape or right. a <laughs> intricate Fireworks. jacket. Oh, that is good to know. Thanks, thanks for sharing, Joey. That was, in case Ryan was wondering, that was, it was that was dumb. But Roberts, it was a reach. But that's Ethan right. Roberts, um, you know, for five and a third inning this spring, like solid, he gave up a hit in each one, but no runs. Um, and you know, again, it's just a feel good story of you know a young guy um, working his way up, and, and then you know I. I'm not going to take too much credit, but I did put him in my projections as he's going to make the opening day bullpen. So good job, you know, pat on the back for me. But I, I think what you saw out of spring and what you heard from David Ross that um, that this is like a guy that they see as being a, a solid part of that bullpen, regardless of him being a rookie. Um, I, and then I think even like he was uh, put on the 40 man in November. Yeah. So he also spent that whole lockout not being able, like, like, the rest of the 40 man roster, like not right. being able to talk to coaches and stuff like that. So that even adds on to like all this up more time that he lost on, on top of the 2020 season that he's just, you know, being able to come right in and, and earn that spot on the, on the opening day roster is pretty cool. Yeah. I just came up with a question that is going to sound absolutely ridiculous, but I think it might be legitimate. And Corey might be the only guy that can answer it. With a COVID, we all started wearing masks. And anybody like me that has readers or sunglasses, the first problem you always had, they fog up. So I'm thinking of foggy weather today. How do guys pitch with goggles and glasses on and they don't fog up on them ever? I mean, clearly your glasses fog up a lot, correct? They do. Yeah, you, this you is a contacts. new problem for me. I got, I've only, I've had them for like less than a year. So yeah, that was a, a new problem to experience. But I, I would think it would be an issue. Like they must Kareem have, Warm on a basketball court. They must have some sort of, Preventative measure. Well, why for don't that, the rest right? of us have that stuff? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think that stuff ever works. Because like Alec Mills isn't out there wiping his goggles. Right? In How the is that of, possible? Of batters. Every time I wore that damn mask with glasses <laughs> on, it was just like I was in the shower. You could just get contacts. Contacts <laughs> help. But I, but contacts I don't need of, distance vision. Like, well, I, it's just for reading. I've That's never, why I've never had readers. A, I've readers. never had a fogging problem with my contacts. <laughs> <laughs> well. You have contacts already? Oh, since like I was like 15. Really? 16, yeah. Huh. Didn't I've even know. I didn't know you guys were so uh. faulty. I thought you were. We grew up with TVs, Luke. We didn't grow up with stone <laughs> Transistor <tablets>. radios. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we grew up with iPads. By the way, I, my, my perfect vision lets me know that Jeremy has chimed in on the chat and is saying, hey, I can see you guys for the first time. He usually just listens to the podcast. Now he's on YouTube watching it. Well, let us know if we look okay. High definition. <laughs> let us know if we're fogging up at all. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we talk about Ethan Roberts. What are your expectations for the bullpen? Because I, again, I'll say this a thousand times. Every time you think you have a good bullpen, it very rarely works out that way. I, well, and vice versa. It's sometimes. Gonna, it's, again, we've I think talked about it yesterday. Style. It's going to be fluid. It's going to be a very fluid situation. Like we talked about 
man rod is down he got option to triple a but he's he could be up next week like that's how quickly the 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 this fluidity can, can right. run its course um i still think keegan thompson's gonna be uh one of those guys that they rely on to be the piggyback guy out of the bullpen the guy that's gonna you know come in for three innings or so when he when he needs to and you know, run one time one time through the order and, and get some outs, eat some innings. Um, Daniel Norris could be in the same position. Jesse Chavez at first is showing that he can go a couple innings at a time too. Um, I As far as this is going to be an, an elite bullpen, I don't know because there's a lot of like one-year guys. Like a, lot right. of, a lot of those reclamation projects are just those guys that they're bringing in, that the Chafins and the DePairs that the Cubs are hoping can turn into something. Um, so I don't know elite level. Are they going to be really bad? Are they going to be really good? Who knows? We'll have to see what what happens. But it's going to be a very fluid situation, and you're going to see. I think you're going to see a lot of different beyond the 14 or 15 that hit the opening day roster oh, right early. away. It's gonna, you're going to yeah. get a lot more than that. I think here's a better season. question than maybe should I should I have said? Is it possible the bullpen will be the strength of this team? Well, yes. Yeah, I think on yeah. paper it sort and of looks like that. If, if we're talking about like this team being, tr- you know, trying to be competitive in the division, I don't think the bullpen will be the spot that prevents that from happening. If if this goes off the rails and they hit the lower version of their projections, I don't think it's going to be because of the bullpen. It's going to be the rotation and the offense. Those are the areas that are going to sink or swim this team. And I think you know, Cody and I are probably on the same page that like they they've just shown an ability to put a bullpen together and you're going to have a lot of guys going up and down but they've just managed to find ways for this to be successful not always elite or like the best in the league but they they find a way to make this work and we were talking with uh Michael Cerami last night and the the one thing that I I agreed with him about that I I do want to see with this bullpen is kind of like defining some of these roles early. There, there's going to be a lot of guys maybe going up and down. You've got some older veterans and stuff. And just figuring out who's in what role rather than that being kind of like super fluid for too long. Because I think that that is harder for the pitchers. It's harder for David Ross and Tommy Hadovy. Um, But I, I I don't think that the, the bullpen is going to be why we're worried about this team. If we end up worried about this team, I don't think it's going to be because of It'll, if you end up worrying about the bullpen, it's probably a good thing because if you're worried about the bullpen, it means the other two parts of the team, offense and, and pitching, are probably doing well if you're actually concerned about the bullpen. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the reason that I'm not really concerned, A, because he, like what Corey said, is that the Cubs have just managed to just throw some guys out there and they figure it out. And, yeah, usually early, the first couple weeks of April, they don't look great, but then they figure it out because – David Ross finds the spots to put guys in, and that's why I've said on record many times that I think he manages a, manages a bullpen way better than Joe Madden ever did. But you got that aspect. But then also, you know, I'm, we mentioned Ethan Roberts, but I also like guys like Ben Leeper down in AAA. I feel like we might see him this year too. Um, if, if there's a few other guys, but they're not – in my head at the moment, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of guys down there that got like even the non-roster invitees that got mm-hmm. like Stephen Brawl, like right. those guys, mm-hmm. even a, there's a couple more Robert veteran Kisselman. guys. In my right? Yeah, there's some. There, there's yeah. a. There's a lot of dudes. Of course, we don't know how they how good they are. Or if they're going to produce, but you know, guys like Ethan Roberts and Ben Leeper, at least there are. There's upside because they're young and mm-hmm. come, they've come up through the Cubs system. And we've talked about for years how the Cubs were, have been unable to develop that. And 
you know, Ethan Roberts is finally someone that they developed their, their, on their own. Uh, I don't care if it is a reliever. Like, that's that's great news. That's like a sign of things to come, especially when you start to talk about the future of the rotation with, with Killian and, and uh, you know, Jordan Wicks, like Corey said. But as far as the bullpen, you know, I just always think about how they went and found uh, Rowan Wick in 2019 from the Padres. And, like, he's probably going to be the closer this year. And, like, he was just a dude that, you know, wasn't doing much anything out there. And they've turned him into a closer. So, yeah, I, I just feel like they're going to figure it out. I Right now, when you project it, yeah, Wick probably your closer. Re, Roberts is going to be in that back end. You know, a few other guys, when Brad Wick's able to come back, like he'll probably be inserted in there. Michael kind Givens. Like what we've yeah, seen Michael from Givens. David Robertson, too, yeah. honestly. Yeah, David Robertson. Guy. He's got back end experience. So, a lot of things that could give you anxiety going into this season. For the sure. bullpen is at the very bottom of that list. Yes. I would, like, again, I would not be surprised if it's a little bumpy out the gates just because the last few years it's been that way because. David Ross has to tinker with it to find the roles that he likes those guys coming in in. But by May, I feel like we're not going to even be worried about the bullpen. I, but I, I, this first month, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. It may not be like, you know, a whole host of guys that he ends up trusting. But And the, these were, you know, sort of bigger names. Like at least Chafin and certainly Kimbrell had more of like a reputation. Chafin, I think, going back to like Arizona. But – like, as the seasons went on in past years, like, eventually you get to a point where it's like, okay, these are the three to five high leverage guys. This right. is who Ross goes to when he's trying to win a game. And then you have those random guys. Like, you know, we've seen guys like um, Dylan Maples was one of them over the last years. <laughs> they give him a try. Sometimes it's an absolute mess. Sometimes it looks intriguing. They try it. It doesn't work. He goes up. He goes down. You're going to have a probably a bunch of those guys, but at some point, hopefully soonish, he'll find a settled group of like, okay, it's you know, say it's like Givens, Chris Martin, David Robertson, Rowan Wick. Like these are the four. The rest of it maybe still shuffles for yeah. a good portion right. of the season, but they'll get to a point where it's like, okay, we need to win a ball game over the course of three to four innings. We we have that. We know what that plan is. Yeah, and then you also got to add in the fact that I, I mean, you don't. I guess you don't know, but Albert Alzoli, when he comes back, I guess it depends how the rotation is doing at that point. Because I think it's like sixty days, so probably like sometime in late May, June, if that. Um, and he came he, back in relief. How like like he came, how he came back. How Steele does in well, the starting. But, but what I'm saying is, as Alzoli, there may not be room for him in a starting rotation anymore. So he might end up going doing what he did. He last year he comes in. And goes back to the bullpen, and, and he's that long, you know, long relief guy. So you got him, you got Keegan Thompson, a Daniel Norris. That's like those are the guys. Especially you remember that that Minnesota game with Justin Steele went five innings, Alzale went four. You didn't have to worry about getting anyone up to to pitch those any of those last couple innings because Alzale went four, shut him down. And like again, it was the Twins last year who struggled themselves, but um, you know the way Ross can play things is like if you if you trust Alzale as one of those piggyback guys. Or if he's still doing that, or if it's just a guy that can do long relief, like you might end up seeing Ozilai just throw, stick, stick in the bullpen for the rest of the year. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I'm just thinking that if he comes back and you believe he's a starter in the future, I don't want to see him go back to the bullpen. And if he's not healthy enough to be in the rotation, then I don't want to see him pitching until That's he's fair. ready to come back. Like yeah. this year 
has been clearly defined as development, figure out what you've got. And while I think that is a possibility that he could come back and be a piece of the bullpen, if there's some, if Alec Mills is pitching well in the rotation, but Alzali comes back, I'm sorry, I'm moving Mills back to yeah, the bullpen yeah. and I'm giving Alzali that position. Um, that's that's how I feel oh, if yeah. I were if I were I feel you but obviously I'm not running the team. I think that's yeah. the majority. Say, like, we're not I'm, the manager. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing I, any of it. I'm just saying the that only, that's what I would do if I'm worried about development this year. I would say is that, you know, kind of to merge the two ideas, because I'm with you, Luke. Like I'd like yeah. to see that. But I like last year when Alzali came back, he came back in relief and the specific purpose was they wanted him to have a bunch of outings where he could work on stuff, try these new pitches figure out how to stop giving up so many home runs to lefties. So maybe they ease, ease him, him back that okay. way. But yeah, like it would be, it's, he got hurt. That's not his fault. Like it, it is what it is, but it would be really disappointing if this year doesn't tell us something about Adbray Alzali. If we're going into 2023, got to find having these same year. conversations, it's it, again, it's not his fault, but that's kind of a, a waste. And we're already, we've dealt with that with guys like, you know, Amaya in the minors and Braylon Marquez over the last couple of years where it's like these guys feel like they're close to taking that next step or graduating and you just end up with kind of these lost years of like, well, we didn't really learn anything mm-hmm. about And it's not just do. injuries, it's COVID. They had a whole minor league season that didn't exist. Right. Yeah, right. So that's a whole year of development that they didn't get. Yeah, well, I, I think I think we can all agree that, you know, the, it was obviously disappointing for the Cubs that Alzoli went into the season hurt. Like he came... Spring training started and he was hurt and then eventually got put on the IL for 60 days. Like that's <clears throat> clearly disappointing because I think especially we all expected him to be in that rotation to start. And again, going back to what you said, we I think we're all in the same boat that we would like to see Alzawai in the in the rotation when he okay. comes back and starting, of yeah. course. But we're also yeah we're not David Ross. Like we don't know what he's gonna do and if he sees fit that Alzawai should be a long relief guy when he comes back. That's what he's gonna do. And, and you know. I'd be okay with. Corey's plan of easing him back in if that's the way it has to happen. I'm just saying if he comes back in June and he's not a starter by the end of the season, something's wrong. Yeah, no. they should, Something I mean, doesn't make sense. But my, my plan, they should let me run the team. I've got some great ideas, <laughs> I think. <laughs> hey, okay, so the Alzali injury was obviously disappointing for the Cubs and Cubs fans. I'll tell you what was not, and that is Madrigal's home run against the White Sox yesterday. Cody was running around here like Sammy Sosa with the American flag. <laughs> Uh, seeing if any of the Sox people were still in the building because oh you were told what? He was a contact I, hitter? I was told that Nick Madrigal is just a slap, slap hitter. Slap hitter, yeah. I was told that this guy sucks at, as as everything as a baseball player. I was told that he was a bust for a number four overall pick. I was told that he is the next Ryan Terrio, which is kind of disrespect to Ryan Terrio. I'm not someone who hated Ryan Terrio when he was with the Cubs. but I am. A loss. Yeah. It is what it is. Until he until he chose the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, when he went to the Cardinals, yeah. what a, he won a ring with the Cardinals. That ring should be taken away. Shouldn't count. Whatever. The riot had some good days. He had some good days, right? Um, yeah, I, I. It was just a moment for me to just be like, finally, I can, I, I get the last laugh for once. Like for three years, I've had to listen to their bullshit about the Eloy trade, and then even Uh-oh. after the Kimbrel trade, it was like. Oh, we 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 fleeced you again, and it's just like, dude, like, and they're still saying that even though Kimbrel freaking sucked for them. So like, it was just kind of nice to be able to like be excited. Like, I didn't even like shove it down their throats or anything. It was just I just tweeted, you know, 
I was told Nick Madrigal was a slap hitter, and he clearly is not just a slap hitter. There, there has been a, <laughs> a weird energy, even on like Cubs Twitter, of this like anti Madrigal yeah. sentiment. There's even and Cubs like, fans who are already out on Nick Madrigal, yeah. and it's like he has not even played yet, and and like he. First of all, you got him for Kimbrell, who was mostly not good for the Cubs, but was quite good for the period you needed him to be to make that trade. So, like, really, whatever you got. Correct. See, for a, yes. If you told me in 2019, at the end of that season, that they would have gotten anything for Craig Kimbrell, let alone— I'll be honest with you, if they just got Hoyer— Right. Yeah. yeah. Let alone like, no, a, a, no. a potential reliever. But, like, I, it has been weird to hear, like— I get that, you know, a guy that makes a lot of contact maybe doesn't have a ton of power. Like, I, I understand yeah, that Yeah, and I'm not are, saying that Nick Magic was going to hit 30 yes, bombs now. Or right. that he's a perfect player. But like, right, I'm not saying that at all. He was a valuable player for the White Sox, and if he's somewhere in this lineup hitting 300, like, making contact, like, that's a, a bat that this lineup has missed for years. Like, it's fine. Like, I, I just, don't get the, know, the negative energy. I just energy. don't understand well, how people can be down on a guy who has, like, barely 300 career at-bats and has hit 300 every year of his career, and he even slugged over 400 before he got hit, hurt last year. I don't get it. Like, explain it to me like I'm five years old. You, I'm told that he sucks at base running, and I'm told he sucks at defense. Okay, we've seen him have a few blunders in the spring. If it becomes a serious issue, then okay, you got me. I was wrong. I'm sorry I was optimistic about it. I Nick Madrigal <laughs> is, again, he's, yeah. That, I mean, that home run was, it's good to see him have some pop in the bat because you don't know that you're going to get a ton of it. And it was um, the Cactus League, whatever. Yeah, but he, you know, he's, it was against he's going to be a, a hitter. That, Sean just sat over here during the White Sox show and said that the guy that that threw him that pitch, like that was someone they're high on. That was someone that they Susan? are, yeah, they're hoping that he can be a, a valuable piece in their bullpen. And he's the one Get who Sean gave up that home run mm-hmm. to Madrigal. So, well, like, he, okay, well, he he's going to be. Again, I understand it is spring training. I get he's, it that he, it's spring he, training. He's, again, 92% contact rate since he came up to the big leagues. I don't think that's a fluke um, because he has hit, like you said, 300 every every year of his, you know, every level going all the way back down. Um, see, you have to see when it comes. I mean, I still like him at the top of the order, I'm, and we're going to talk about that again. I've been, <laughs> I've been on that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Cody's obviously a little bit more um, – What's the word? <laughs> I'm so enthusiastic, enthusiastic about enthusiastic. About, about what's going on. Um, I mean, I just, that was, it was just good to see I him. I just have want some people to give the guy a shot. That's all. Yeah. Like if he fair. if he yeah. comes out and sucks, then then the give Sox fans chance. can say thanks, Cubs again, whatever, and I can look like a moron. That's fine. I just like the fact that some people don't even want to give the guy a shot. It bothers me. Wouldn't you like to see him hit a home run against the Sox and Boog be able to say thanks, Sox? Yeah, it would be nice. You know, just a little just, bit. Just like something. Just turn the script I, a little bit. I just once. had to like hear so much. Not not even just me, like Cubs fans, you guys, whatever. Like we've had to sit here and listen to this. <laughs> and like I haven't really been able to say anything back because it's like, yeah, I kind of wish we had Elo. I kind of wish we had Cease. I get it. Like it sucks for me, us, Cubs fans. So yeah, I want Madrigal to be good. How dare you? <laughs> how dare like, you? What, are you, what uh, else how am dare I you root for a player on how the team? Dare I, we'll how Points dare back. I Points want back. a baseball player in a hey, Cubs uniform to be we got, good? We got two days, two days to opening day. And then, you know, if he's, if he's doing it then, then you'll have a lot more to say to the Herbs and the Shans of the world. 
I mean, admittedly, I feel like Herb is the one who's been so like he's well, the yeah, one who's been feeding it to me the most about <laughs> how fan. magical sucks. And and it's like he's like literally you'll says see. you'll see he says yeah, you'll he's see. like he's like his baseball IQ is terrible, and I'm like the guy has barely played enough to really even to 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 to, to even have that take in my opinion. You can be bad at base running and and bad at defense at the beginning of your career, but we said the same thing about Schwarber. We said this, and they even said the same thing about Eloy, and he's gotten better at defense. Like when you wow. haven't had enough innings to really develop, like is it fair to put that out there that this guy is this now? Like that's all I'm saying is like I just don't think there's been enough time to put out there that this guy is this, and that's what he's always going to be. Yeah, you'd like to fair. see him have a whole season. Yeah, yes, not had exactly. It's the only got, of he's only got 320. Right. I just don't understand. Like, and he's been people. an above average hitter. Yeah. He's yeah. got a 113 WRC plus and 324 plate bet. appearance. Uh, points bet. <laughs> points bet. Speaking of points bet, <laughs> I love points bet. If you can, you can go on points bet and you can bet the over under on hits for Nick Madrigal, I'm sure. I don't know what it is at this moment. Ooh, that's a but good one to look at. With all, all this talking up I'm doing, I'm, a, I'm inviting you all to go do that at, at points bet, which is the best way to sign up. Or the best way to support CHGO is if you download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not it. If you make a fifty dollar or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. You'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Mm-hmm. Shout out Mike Dubs. He tweeted at us today. Um, a few other people Good have tweeted dubs. us too um, with their. Uh, CHGO Cub shirts. Those things are fire. I'm, I can't wait to get mine. I'm still waiting to get mine. Have you guys got yours yet? I have I'm not. not. Huh? I did. They're I checked the mail. the mail right before I left the house, though. Yeah. They're on the way, hopefully. On the way. So, anyway, shout out to everyone who has bought one. Um, so, anyway, that, that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live college basketball same-game parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. And now online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. As I say every day, Luke does it. If Luke can do it, you all can do it too. Plus, during points bet match madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets during each round. Just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Thomas, Little Yumper, Jack, Did Rachel, people up in the comments? Mike Dubs, they've all jumped in on the convo on... Uh, <laughs> Nick Madrigal. Uh, our next partner is a product I, I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time. I wanted better gut health, more energy, an optimized immune system. And now I've been on it over a month. I love it. doesn't taste super healthy. It's mild, tropical taste. And I look forward to it in the morning. So here's what it is. It's one scoop of AG1, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging, all of those things. 
I get a noticeable boost of energy when I take it, so I do it first thing in the morning, giddy up and go, and my day is off to a great start. It's a friendly lifestyle, too. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, you name it, it's good for you. You're all cool with AG1, and you're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance for less than 3 bucks a day. Recommended by professional athletes. It has more than 7,000 five-star reviews, 7,000 five-star reviews. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No million of different pills and supplements for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your summer and your, with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Cubs. Again, athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O Cubs to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, uh, we have a few more notes starting to filter out now about opening day on Thursday. Again, the weather doesn't look great Thursday and Friday, but it almost never does for opening day. So (laughs) we did find out that the Cubs Hall of Famers are going to be there for the first pitch and the seventh inning stretch on Thursday. Uh, by the end of this series, it appears that Jim Belushi will be singing the seventh inning stretch. Take that for what it's worth. Um, and the big debate over the statues that were missing when they <laughs> went to start the, the sports book has been solved. You know, Inspector Clouseau has solved it. At Gallagher Way, they are starting to build a statue row. So... The Ernie statue, the Fergie statue, the Sano statue, and the William statue will be in a row along Gallagher Way. You can see them all. It seems like a pretty good idea, like yeah, a sure. good spot for those to be. Uh, the Harry Carey statue is going to stay where it's at. So this will be moved around. Maybe it wasn't handled perfectly with people wondering what happened. They took them down. I just don't understand how anybody could possibly think they weren't coming back. Like, I don't think they put up a statue for Ron Sano and we're like, you know what? Take it down. The sports book's going up. Store that back in a closet for the next 30 years. Like, that wasn't going to happen. Like, be a, everybody take a breath. Be realistic. It may not have been handled with the PR that you wanted it to, but the statues were coming back. I remember Cody and I talked about that. I think that was, like, maybe our first day, like, when we were doing the <laughs> rehearsal and stuff, and it was like... Look, and we've done it on this podcast. We'll yell about the rickets and There's money lot, and all this stuff all the stuff time. To yell about. This was the not, statues were not. Part this of was it. not one of those things. And uh, and gosh. you know, I guess maybe they could have been clearer about it. But I remember that first day they said, "Here's where we're storing them. Here's what we're right. doing." And like, yeah, I mean, like the sports book thing. You, you know, you can feel about that the way you do, and sometimes the optics of all this money spending and the you know, I, I get it. But like. That was one of those, like, let's make Tom out to be right. a, a bit more evil than even I might suggest. That was Any a little chance. crazy. The, the Jordan statue moved. The Jordan statue moved. I never That's heard true. a peep about it. Yeah. yeah. And there is no that. greater statue in Chicago. They didn't, like, throw, throw it away. Jordan it was in storage. You <laughs> when know, it was outside the United Center, I don't care when you went in the building, there was somebody from another country at all hours of the day, 24 hours a day, Somebody from another country was taking a picture in front of the Jordan statue. The, every language in the world has been spoken in front of the Jordan statue. They moved it, and I never heard anybody complain. So why we, like... No, well, well, we're just going to have <laughs> like, to have Corey on the ground reporting. Yeah, live, you know, on the ground. live on the ground. Live on the ground. Because it's across the street from the Do Right Donuts. 
So when oh, I go on okay. my, you know, weekend, get my coffee and breakfast sandwich, I go right past, I take a peek, you know, past the fence. Yeah. Yeah, he's like trying to interview uh, there, that's, the I mean, I don't, did they say that? They never said that was going to be, because that's definitely not oh, it's even an, close to opening day. Like, no Obviously, shot. it's two days from no now. No chance. There's, yeah, a, there's a big hole in there's the There's not even a wall yet. <laughs> yeah. There's not even a wall. Like, there's no building. No, like, no. Yeah. I was actually I walking that's by. Most all of the season. I was probably. walking by there yesterday and like, I think somebody poked their head in and asked one of the construction workers, like, is it going to be done by this? And I was like, ma'am, there's like a giant hole in the ground. Like they're playing <laughs> baseball in two now. days. Like <laughs> they can't build a building in, in this amount of time, but they should, they, I'm glad they're leaving the Harry statue. That, that, that view yeah. with the Harry statue good spot and the, the sign. He's not and a the player. W flag. That's another reason I like it there. He's not yeah. a player. Right. That's not a player. Stay, Jack has a, uh, he says, so, hot take, Tom Ricketts is a great owner. We will discuss ooh. We will discuss that. Getting spicy here on a Before Tuesday. Before we get to it, I will suggest this. As many complaints as you may, and some of them may be very valid about the Ricketts, name me a better owner in Cubs history. Oof. Wow. I mean, well, that's an exceptionally well, go, low bar. Go, yeah. but Just mm. go to the decades of the Tribune. Were they better? No. Uh, no. I mean, you're right about that. Most owners are not very popular. Most, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Mark Cuban's pretty popular in Dallas, but most owners are not popular. Mark Cuban is also similar in a way that uh, Theo Epstein was, where I feel like he's very transparent. He's also um, very personable and has a great, per- like, craves the camera, knows how to interact with people. Like, yeah, his personality fits being a good owner. Sure, while yeah. I don't think the Ricketts necessarily are as flamboyant or as exciting or camera excited as Mark Cuban. Like, Mark well, Cuban yeah. was made to be. Well, also well like you said, like, uh, there's a lot great. of owners that just are not liked by their fan bases. I All mean, of them. There's a, there's, a, there's a team on the south so, side and a team on the west side of town who both have the same owner and have gotten a lot of crap from their fan base. They get a lot. They, they get, get like a lot built, of heat. They, the, the, fan, the Bulls fan base built a, or not built, but bought a billboard to, to, get, the, to get the Bulls to get rid of Pax and Gar Foreman. I mean, oof. There's, there's, there's a lot of <laughs> anger around owners. I think you go into any city and say, what do you think your owner most but are going to say? The, the moral yeah. of the point, I think, that we were talking about is that oh, Tom, Tom did not personally take the Ron Santos statue <laughs> he and, was not yes, out and put it in the, the garbage or something yeah, like that. So it was, no, it was, it was protected, it and it'll there be the, back. Yeah. It's, it's fine. He wasn't like, on there, out there with the iron mask, yeah. <laughs> the iron worker mask down, and the flame going. Well, when that first, that's what you and I were talking about. When that first happened, you really would have thought that that basically what was happening. I it mean, was, I, I remember like checking social Twitter. Media. I was like, wow, I love getting riled up about this type of stuff, but this does not even register. Like they went me. out in the middle of the night when no one was watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Them off the ground. yeah, you're right. Exactly. Todd, grab the grab the welding machine. <laughs> get the statue. Uh, yeah. Now, here, now we'll get the other side of the story. So, John Heyman was on 670 The Score with Mully and Haw today, and he had a couple quotes about the Ricketts spending. Now, this is more of what Jack is talking about and what usually draws, it's either two things. It's spending of money or it's political stances, which, listen, I understand where everybody's coming out on everything, but here's what he said. I'm concerned for the Cubs. I don't think they spend enough considering the revenue. I think they should spend more. Cincinnati had a big fire sale, but the Cubs' revenues are rather large. I don't think their spending is commiserate with their revenues, I would generally, I would be generally concerned as a Cubs fan. I mean, I think we've addressed I that. I think we like, are, yeah. And you came in asking, well, why is he bringing, he was, 
the only reason he brought that up today is because he was asked on the radio. So yeah, six seventy on six seventy the score. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting topic. Again, I think this is this <laughs> is just a gut feeling, and I, I realize that I flip and flop on this back and forth like <laughs> a bass on a pier. When Dom Frederick was here, I was on his side that they should never be outspent for a player. I don't know that they were outspent for a player that they were actually trying to go after this year. I also see the side of it where if you know that this isn't a year because you're too many pieces away after trading away the guys, that this isn't the year that you think you're going to be peak going for a championship, that why not save a few bucks, put together a team you think is starting to build in the right direction, you've rebuilt the farm system, and the joke has always been, the um, biblical losses of money. <laughs> I will say this. They, I believe the Ricketts own like 90% of Wrigleyville at this point. That was making no money for two years. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Nobody, who was staying in that hotel that they dumped millions of dollars? And I'm not saying Cubs fans say, well, we didn't ask them to build the hotel. And we didn't ask them. To, I know, but it's their money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're they trying, to, trying to make the, the fan experience better. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind you of. did a, ask them to rebuild the ballpark, and they did. I'm kind yeah. of in the same boat as like. I do, see both sides of it. Do they see 2022 as a year they're going to win the World Series? I I don't think that. I I don't think they came into this season with that expectation, so they're not going to go out and and buy Carlos Correa at 350 million for 10 years. They're not going to go. They're not, not going to do a Yankee spending. They're not going to do a Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, yeah. where they're 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 you know buying all these free agents to try to build a winner. I think Jed has the vision of you have a lot of good prospects in the farm. You have the Brennan Davis, you have you know Caleb Kelly and Jordan, all, all these guys in the farm system that are doing well, are moving up quickly, can be up within this year, next year, the next two years, where these are guys that can be on the next great Cubs team that they hope at least. And then once, you know, they kind of say, because you kind of started mixing it now. They're going to be competitive at least a little bit with Marcus Stroman, with Seiya Suzuki, who they spent good money on those two. And then, but then they're at the same time, they're waiting to have the Brennan Davises of the world come up so that when they kind of start mixing, they're like, okay, like these, you know, this team gels, this team is starting to assemble like the next great Cubs team. Then next year, they're going to go out and get, and probably, you know, spend some more money to get some guys in the 2020 three offseason they do the same thing and I actually had uh Cerami said it I think on on your guys podcast the you and Corey about how he was kind of like if Carlos Correa comes becomes a free agent again next year why didn't you just shell out the money this year because now you just lost a year where you would have been spending 35 million dollars at 27 year, yeah, yeah. Right. so I'm, like, I'm I'm curious how like I, I I caught that and I was wondering like kind of how you see that in that what we're talking about as they don't see this as a contending year. So why like, how, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think his point yesterday was more just like, if you're going to spend next year, you know, you might have jumped the market by doing it now, because yeah. if you, if he does opt out, you're going to end up paying him more than if you had just given him the big deal that he was looking mm-hmm. for so that he's not looking for all these opt outs. And then he's going to be another year older when you're right. still paying him money. Uh, like this is, wildly nuanced right and I think over the years certainly I've offered plenty of thoughts on like how this team is run and stuff like that um you know like to your point a moment ago like yeah it's definitely been worse like most of my life they were not and and it is a low bar yeah they were yeah they (laughs) were not owned by people that cared about investing if they were good it was kind of like happenstance like things came together yeah 
but at the same time, like, you know, the, the perspective I have now is that they, they charge the most money for the experience. And I think like the baseline thought I have is if they're number one in price, they should never, I don't, and I, you, you guys know, like everybody knows I'm on board with what they're doing organizationally how they're building players, the path that they're on, the decisions even that they made, right, over the last year or so. But they should never, I don't care what you have to do to avoid it, be number one in price and 15 in payroll. That discrepancy cannot happen, especially, as you point out a lot, when Tom will go on TV and bullshit us all about what maybe they're actually trying to do. That can happen. If you want to if you want to run things this way, Cubs fans will pay the price, but you have to meet them closer than what you're doing right now. That discrepancy, you can't be number one in cost and not even in the top half of the league in what you're, what you're asking of the fans needs to be closer to what you're delivering on your end, even if this is not a year where you're going to the top five. That's fair. Yeah, right? that, that's, that, that is that's fair. I think that's exactly what Heyman's saying is like, they make a lot of money based, just based on revenue. Like you said, number one in price or they own all, all of Wrigleyville nowadays. And so they make a lot of money, but they're spending at the, in the middle of the right. pack. I think that's just what Heyman's saying is like, they could spend more. They should spend more. I just, I I'm wonder both sides. I, I, it, they're somewhere in the middle. They're not the worst owners in the world. They're not the greatest yeah. owners in the world. Find some happy medium where it's like, I see, I can see both sides of things. Like, I, I understand that they lost money during COVID. I understand that they paid more than they thought they were going to pay to build the stadium. I do believe that when 2024 comes, they'll be in the top five in spending. Do I think the team will be back up there? I do. So, give them a couple years. See what yeah. the spending's like. It's not like they spent nothing this offseason. Right. They did build for some pieces that you think will be part of it. A lot of things contributed to this. It wasn't just COVID. It was, it <laughs> wasn't. Jake says 2024. Jake says 2024. Um, it was that the core players didn't develop enough. And, and quite frankly, they might not be in the position they are as an organization where things they had to totally rebuild again. Sure. Had they not hung on to that core as long as and they did. And that was did. Theo. And I think right. Theo's and, and that's that. And yeah. that you have to. You have to be okay with that. You just have, you have I, to. It, that's my advice. I, I'm not telling you have to. I'm just saying, if I had to mm-hmm. give advice, you have to be okay with that. Didn't you want to see him give the core one more chance? I think most people did. I think they did last year. They did last and year. And they gave and him one more last year. They gave year. him one more last year, and then you got an 11 I game losing streak. They out would have a lot more leeway. And again, like some of the decisions didn't work out, et cetera. But from 2017 to 2019, there were moves that could have been made. It would have pushed the payroll to. Yeah, bigger levels. <laughs> it would have maybe cost them some would things, the et cetera. Context, Steve but they would have really likely. You never know in the playoffs, right? But they, I think, we're sitting here with a second set of World Series bobbleheads or gloves or, or things like that, and they they didn't do it. And so I think this who, would be who, a little more who are you tolerable. About, Corey, Corey, who are you well, about? it depends on the year. I mean, yeah. Bryce Harper is certainly what a lot of people are going to go to. But you look at a year like 2019, I know specifically, they end up falling out of that race uh, in, you know, with, with Kimbrell and all of that. I, I can't even tell you how many games they blew early in that season because of a bullpen that every single person going into the season yeah. knew was going to be bad. 
Yep. And they waited until June, only until Zobris money was off the books to bring in Kimbrel. And that didn't work. But but you should have, if they address that going into that season, spend the money, maybe that team doesn't fall out of contention. They, they blew, that, that was the year I think that started in Texas. Right. Right. I, they blew so many games. Their so argument there, there's would be, a lot of. Their argument would be that their payroll was high then. And if the moves weren't made correctly, that's you, not their you fault. Gotta, like they put them, I, listen, I know. I'm just saying yeah. there were definitely some moves that didn't work out. Sure. And there were still it's, it's not, money It's being not spent. all on like a way I always it's like not, of, it's not of saying one person's fault. you can never lay this all at one person's Agreed. feet. Right. Yeah. And this has been true of a lot of different issues, like how the team has been run from the front office to ownership, even looking like at the end of Joe Madden's tenure, like a lot of people wanted to dump a bunch only on him. Correct. And it's like, no, a lot of this stuff, like there's, there's blame to be distributed, but. Um, now when Dom mm-hmm. comes on next time, I'll be on his side. Uh, no, no <laughs> but I, I, I think just in, in the grand scheme of things, like 2022 is not the year when Jed, when Tom and whoever it is, look, you know, they look at, they sit down and they look at it like this isn't the year they're, Taking the like, this is where we're going to spend all our money. Like, Carlos Correa, come on board. Like, all these guys come on board. They spent some money. Say, Suzuki, Marcus Stroman. But they, when they, I think when they sat down and looked at it, they didn't look at 2022 as this is the year we're going all in and buying everyone. Like, because we've talked about it before. Like, this is really a year where it's like you, the Cubs want to see what they got with a lot of these different question marks, right? So, if you have so many question marks, you want to give them the chance to prove who they are. And then you're also going to go and spend a crap load of money on a bunch of players to try to win. Like, it's just the mix for 2022s didn't, never really felt like that. And I'm sure, you know, Cubs fans 100% would rather have had them just spend all that money and buy all these players and try to win a, win a World Series this year. Sure. They, they should uh, – they could send me, you know, like a rebate on some of my if – they, if they don't want to – you know, like that's – and but, I know that that's not I mean, how business is run. I mean, but, I, like – and you look at, like, I know – I think I saw uh, Brett from Bleacher Nation was tweeting it today, like – you know, there's tickets on StubHub for opening day that are dirt cheap, which is... Yeah. See, they are giving you a discount. Not always. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wish it worked no, that way, Luke. I, I mean, I just think, you know, and then like, without speculating too much, but it's just like, again, they, they saw good value in the Stroman deal. They saw good value in the Suzuki deal. Maybe they just didn't, maybe Jed just didn't look at it, a 10-year, $300-plus million contract with Correa going into this season as something that they wanted to get on the books. And, and you know, that's... I think that again, it's it's both sides of the argument. I yeah. think you're trying to look at both sides of the argument and see kind of where they where that met in the middle. Um, that's not obviously the thing that Cubs fans wanted to hear going into this right. year, but I, I, mean, I just think that's the realistic like <laughs> idea of how that situation just plays out. Yeah, I mean, yes, I would have loved to get Correa. It would have been a great like piece to be part of the next great Cubs team that you know probably would have been set to really compete for World Series in a year or two. Ideally, you know what I mean? But if they would have signed him this year, I mean, they're still a fringe wildcard team at best probably. You know, not everyone's a homer like me that's going to pick them to win the, the division. Um, but, you know, I to me, like, if there's any free agent out there that, you know, there really is no, like, explanation for, I really do feel like it is Correa just because he would have been a nice building piece. But all that said, to go with everything that you guys have said – and all the comments that I've been reading, I mean, like we've said, it's just there's faults on both sides. I, I just think that I feel like, again, more people are just they're just they just want a reason to yell at the Ricketts. That's it, and that's just what it is. And <laughs> again, when the trade deadline happened, 
I was just as angry at the Ricketts for, or just angry at the Ricketts for, you know, what everything. I, because it, it, to me, it all came down to they were unable to get those contract, ex- contract extensions done, blah, 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 blah. There's faults on both sides of that, whatever. And it, I let it, you know, play like t- time. I had closure, like I keep saying. I had closure. Um, but, you know, if you want to talk about what we're looking, like there's, we're looking to find what this roster has and everything, one guy that we have not talked about as far as like in the front office is – VP of scouting, Dan Kantrovitz, who used to work with the Cardinals and the athletics. And as we've seen the Cardinals and athletics and how they scout and how they just find random dudes who come and play well for them. Like we've already seen a little bit of that from the Cubs because of him. Frank Schwindel is a great example. Like I'm, I am excited to see what they're able or what he is able to do. Not only with just finding these guys off waivers, but also through the draft and through you know, everything else, international signings, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I do think that the Cubs organizationally, front office, like from future drafts and even the last two recent drafts, we are in a better pos- position than we were, I don't know, four years ago. So to me, there are some things about the organization that are better despite losing the core and going into a season like this where we don't really know. And obviously – you know, yeah, we of course we want to win now, like, as a fan. Yes, I wish the Cubs were going into the season with World Series expectations just like the White Sox are so I could sit here and, t- and tell the White Sox guys that, hey, you're really going to miss Nick Madrigal because the Cubs are going to go to the World Series and win with him this year. But I, I really can't do that. I'm, I would sit here and look like a moron doing that. But with how they have built the organization now, or at least from the outside looking in, I feel like the future is like there is a very bright future with the team. And, uh, you know, we can't, I can't promise all these prospects are going to hit and I can't promise that they're going to sign all the right guys. But they seem to have a, like a well oiled machine that I think is beneficial for the Cubs moving forward because, like, you know, we talk about how the, the league now is so home run heavy, like launch angle and all this. And it feels like the Cubs have kind of like, they're trying to shift it to like more contact, whatever. And I don't know, like maybe it is too contact heavy, but, and we're going to find out, but it's almost like they're trying to reverse some things and get it back to not so much home run heavy because yeah. we watched for years that it didn't work. And we had too many guys that were similar, you know what I mean? So I don't really know where I'm going with this. Cody, analysis, I think, but I'll, 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 let's just end it this way. And I, I, I'll ask you if you all agree. And I think we've said this before. The Cubs are in a better, are closer to winning the World Series today than they were in the middle of last season. True I agree. or false? I agree. Yeah. The farm system's way better. Uh, You've cleared uh, out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about closer that's than That's tough. I, I would say yeah. that's Are they in a better position to move forward and win a World Series in the next three years? Well, okay, that's a different question. Right now oh, than they were. Well, that's a different question. Yeah. Than they I, were I, I in a better position for three years from now, yes. But as far as are they closer than they were in July, no. As an organization, Yes, that team was never winning the World Series. Uh, if yet. they don't, if they don't I, go I on that eleven-game losing streak, <laughs> I might have a. a they were uh, never. But I, no, I get what you're saying. The Dodgers roster, they're not. They weren't beating the Dodgers. They're in. They're in a, they're in a, a bunch better of weren't even on the team. But we're getting. They're in a better there. spot now. They're in a better place than organization, just top to bottom. And they definitely another thing that we didn't say that we've we've talked about before is 
we all we knew the Cubs weren't going to solve every issue this offseason. So anyone that's like, right. oh, they could have signed Correa and sure. what regardless of what other moves they did, like the whole thing wouldn't have been solved this offseason. And so I think you take that as like 2022 again. Let's see. They got they got some guys. They bought some. They got they some renovated, big contracts. They renovated the kitchen and one of the bathrooms. <laughs> but you, but you got to you got to use yeah. You're seeing what you got with some of the guys that you got. Um, when I I think that the kind of to piggyback off of uh, Cody's point, there, there's a lot of change that's gone on in this organization. You've got some new coaches. Um, and even we were talking about Ethan Roberts, like one of the things uh, I think is he's an assistant named Daniel Moscos, who I think came from the Yankees, uh, working on like pitch design, which is something that Brendan can explain better than I can. But just working on like what the different pitches look like, how they move, how they design them, you know, kind of exactly in the name. And there, there was a point, I, I don't know when it happened, but you could kind of feel it after 2016 where it felt like the the front office was not at the front you know the forefront of the league like they weren't drafting and developing all these high velocity guys right they were not finding the max muncies of the world that they were you know picking up off the couch changing their swing and all of a sudden they've got in you know an all-star level mm-hmm. player and it and Prior to that, it felt like, oh, you know, Theo in the front office, these guys are geniuses. They're right. they're leading the charge on so many of these things. And I don't know if this group is is going to get us there, but it's interesting to see all these cha- these changes, the the new hitting infrastructure. Obviously, like the pitching infrastructure has been in place for a few years now. But that's one of the things that you kind of hope to see continue. They brought in a ton of new technology, coaches, ways of thinking, you know, different types of um, – you know, baseball people, and you want to see the Cubs continue to kind of feel like they're at the top of, you know, influencing the league, not like catching up to whatever everybody else is doing. Right. So that's another thing to look for, like in this season. Do those things kind of start to take hold? And do we kind of start to get that sense like, oh, the Cubs are figuring out some stuff that other people are not? Yeah. All right. Well, you can only get these kind of back and forths at CHGO. Uh, but if you enjoy CHGO and you enjoy our back and forth between us four, one way to help us is to conti- to continue to grow is to dev- download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. What are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Anyone that rode UNC Moneyline with me, you know we're in mourning. Um, Kansas won, so I'm mourning with my Mizzou brethren. We're, you know, we're all sad today, um, but we're going to come back. We're going to be better than ever, so download points bet. Uh, use that code CHGO, and we'll get going. Uh, speaking of CHGO, we're a month old. We've got podcasts and live shows, every team, every day, post-game shows starting Thursday for the Cubs, and we're excited about that. Premium written content from Ryan and Jared and a bunch of people at allchgo.com. The dope merch has started filing in. It's at a lot of doorsteps today. I've seen a lot of it showing up on Twitter and Instagram, so that's exciting to see just in time for opening day and for the playoffs for the Bulls. 
You get a free shirt when you become a member and the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. Uh, this was something we talked about for the Cubs. I guess some teams are looking at Pitchcom. You want to explain what that is, Ryan? Yes, the so Cubs pit- are not going to use it, correct? Yes, okay, so Pitchcom, I will be informed. This is uh, from Anthony Castro Vince, uh, just an article I pulled up. Uh, the headline, I will be informed, clubs, Pitchcom is approved for 20, the 2022 season. Um, so basically it's just like a new a way to kind of curb sign stealing. I think it's like like a little watch or something that the catchers. Um, it's a wearable device that transmits signals from the catcher to pitcher. Um, so I think the, the catchers would just like put like a this like a little code in. It's like um, the dog, uh, the electric shock dog collar. Yeah. So deal. okay. So the catcher wears a forearm <laughs> sleeve resembling a remote control with nine buttons for calling the pitch and the location. The repi- the pitcher has a receiver in his cap. The catcher has one in his helmet, and receivers can also be worn by up to three other fielders typically the two middle infielders and the center fielder to adjust fielder positioning. So it's just basically like a little code that gets sent, I guess gets sent into little receivers throughout and it's to curb sign stealing. Um, do you have that tweet from traditionalists will not like it? Um, no traditionalists will hate it, but Um, it is sort of like the, well, it's a way to communication with the quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterbacks. You always see the quarterbacks doing this with their helmets so they can hear it. Um, but yeah, but this is, um, Megan Montemurro earlier tweeted, um, Ross, I guess, was talking to or was asked Don and Mesa about the pitch com. Um, let me see. That's the second one. But, okay, so I guess the Cubs have tried it, according to David Ross. Cubs have tried it. Uh, Ross said they won't be using pitch com as of yet. Uh, it's still an option for us. Our catchers weren't as comfortable with it. Um, and then so that was kind of Ross's initial reaction. He said if anyone feels like we want to integrate, integrate that, we will. Um, for us, from what I'm hearing from all the feedback I get, I don't think it's that important. Um, so I know I've seen like the Yankees were one of the ones that we're talking about. They're going to be using it during the season. And what um, about what did Tony Larusa say? Is this is this oh, true? So Jesse Rogers tweeted. Um, I guess he was at well, he is at the Sox game today. Um, he said Tony Larusa likes the new pitchcom technology. He tweeted this out, um, and the White Sox will use it. But he also re- he reiterated his idea to eliminate sign stealing which is to have the runner on second turn his back and face center field as the catcher gives the sign. And he's not joking. And I remembered that when I helped cover the ALDS Come last on. year. He can't be serious. Well, when, I co- when I helped cover the ALDS last year, on October 11th, uh, he he also said the same thing. He put it With a straight how, face. How to put it, yeah, he said he's giving it to MLB. He told MLB that you want to stop runners from stealing catcher signs at second base. They should have, have to cover him, their eyes and spin in a circle for three seconds before. Have the runner face center field. <laughs> or the like, do a I mean, dizzy bat. Yeah, do a dizzy bat at second. Like, like, like I said, like Tony LaRusse, I mean, I guess in theory it would stop sign stealing. I, it, yeah, but they also just, might be facing center field when a line drive hits them in the back of the head. Well, like I think the umpires would the help Cardinals. out with that. I think but, that would be better I, I, for but, us. But, but, okay, yeah, in theory the idea would work. <laughs> Obviously, it's not an, an idea that MLB has implemented, um, but you have now this new Pitchcom Listen, technology that should, again, Pitchcom in theory should also do the same, should curb signs. I have some Grandpa Stucky ideas that are out there, but Grandpa Tony's way out there with that that's, one. That's like, one of those when things. You mani- when you manage the Cardinals for 20 years or whatever it was, you lose brain cells. Rocks your brain. So, uh, that's I, one of those ideas where, like, when you read it, you're like, oh, he must have been joking. But then you're like, no, it was Tony no, the Russo. No, maybe t- he did DLR. mean that. Exactly. I mean, he's a Hall of, he's a hall of Famer. I just I don't see Famer how brother. any way that would be a great solution for that problem. Did, and what did, did you, you say? I'm a Hall of Fame uh, brother? I'm a, what, did, what did he say when he got the DUI? 
I'm a Hall of Fame brother. Or uh, yeah, I'm not Hall of Fame brother. Why are we Why are we talking about Tony's? The, uh, <laughs> did you guys see just on like new technology? Did you see? I think they did yesterday. Was like the first time that the umpire announced the call. Oh yeah, like they do in football. That was. Oh yeah, I, we've seen I it like a million that. times. No, I love it because sometimes they don't explain that stuff. It was just weird to see on a, a baseball diamond. That's like, that's what I heard. Like the first time, it was like kind of like awkward, and then the second time, like second round went much better. And so I'm like, hopefully by Thursday they got it figured out. Yeah. And, but that's good because sometimes those reviews take a while. They don't explain what's going yeah, on. That's, give a, that's good. Real that's, quick, before we go, yeah. I do want to show a uh, friend of the show, Max Bain, posted a picture of his mm-hmm. apartment. You know, Cubs and uh, minor league baseball trying to do a better job of that. And he showed his apartment. It look, looks really nice. So that's mm-hmm. one thing. Like, yeah. okay, I feel better about the player state. You know, yeah. that's better than guys not having a place to stay. This is this yeah. is a good thing. That's acceptable. For the Cubs Definitely. to do across the league. It's it's very Shout out good. to the Bane campaign. Great dude. And good luck this season as well. Yeah. I don't know where he's stationed at. Um, but yeah, we're going to have to find out where he's, he's at. He's in South Bend Road all tripping. of last year. Hoping that maybe he starts in double A this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's South Bend again. Nice. Um, tomorrow we're going to have a surprise guest with a blue hat. It's not Ronnie Woo Woo, but there is a connection. We will explain. That's what we call a tease. Ooh, tease. Teaser. Teaser for Papa Stucky. Uh, thanks for dropping in to check out the CHGO Cubs podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss anything. And yes, next year is almost here. So get ready to fly the W.